Canto 9 begins with the pilgrims at the foot of the walls of Dis. Dante is terrified and Virgil now looks completely thrown by his failure to open the gates of Dis. He thought that he could utter that what was happening with Dante travelling through hell was willed by God and that would calm all the fallen angels and they'd have to obey. But they haven't and the canto begins with him looking red, I think a mixture of embarrassed, um, thrown, he's muttering, were we supposed to be here after all, did I understand things rightly? Um, the earth has shaken both for Virgil and Dante now. Dante develops his doubt. Um, he too wonders whether he's going to be left in a kind of living death. Um, and again, there's something profoundly um, true and disturbing about this as a psychological state, as a kind of spiritual emergency as well. A living death um, is where you don't just disappear into nothingness, but you're conscious of how terrible things are. Um, it's uh, in a way a much worse state, um, suspended um, like a kind of zombie. Um, and um, again, this all speaks to how we've moved into a very different zone now as we've descended into hell on the verge of lower hell. Um, he asks Virgil, you know, has anyone done this before? Is there a way out? Um, it reminded me of um, my own therapeutic journey where you feel you've got to a point where you can't turn around um, and yet you just don't really trust what might happen further ahead too. Um, has anyone done this before? How long is this going to take? Do you know what you're doing? Um, he asks Virgil and Virgil gives the deeply unreassuring answer that he has actually been here before um, but when he came before um, he was collaborating with the necromancer Erichtho who is an old mythological figure. Um, but of course Erichtho presumably was on the side of the fallen angels knowing how to conjure them as a necromancer. Um, so whereas before um, Virgil had managed to open the gates, um, that he can't now suggests that actually the power he thought he had um, is actually really rather more limited um, and that uh, the fallen angels before were quite within their capacity to refuse Virgil entry, as indeed they have done now. So this leaves Dante even more disturbed. In a way, we've kind of got to um, a more deeply felt question here that um, Dante had felt in a more sort of tr uh, shallow way um, at the gates of hell. Um, now, having had the experience he's had, having seen through his descent um, quite how bad things can get for human beings when their soul, their inner state, gets locked um, into um, patterns of behaviour that mean they can't find a way out anymore. Um, he now is asking the question again, are there parts of the cosmos where God is so isn't sovereign? where God's power can't reach, um, where, like the souls he presumes are condemned for all eternity in hell, um, God's power can't reach there either. Um, there are parts of the universe um, where the void rules, where the entrapment keeps people st stuck forever. 
um, you know, this kind of question um, faces them immediately now, are they lost? Much as um, this bigger question of whether hell represents the place where all the souls in it are lost forever too. As if to underline the desperation, furies now appear at the top of the gates of Dis, um, on the battlements, um, they're named, um, they're the kind of handmaids of hell, as it were, sent straight from Satan himself um, to taunt and to terrify Dante and Virgil. Again, this sort of horrible, horrible sense that um, all the eyes of hell um, are focused now upon Dante um, and um, the, the, the sort of the hellish blasphemy that a living soul is hill here and asking to be allowed um, into um, this in order to descend further. Um, and then they call on their, you might say, their nuclear weapon, um, which is the Gorgon Medusa, um, the, the figure with the snakes for hair that if anyone sees, even Hercules, the great hero, had seen, um, would immediately be turned to stone. Um, this is, is, if you like, is um, their um, irresistible um, a tool that they could use to thwart um, even the hero's designs, um, even Dante and Virgil's designs. Um, and Virgil immediately picks up the reference, doesn't leave Dante standing to fend for himself as he had done previously in the last canto, um, but immediately turns Dante around so he can't see the gates of Dis anymore and even covers his eyes um, and um, doesn't take any chances at all now and this is how kind of desperate things have got. But then they sense a new presence, presence that rushing across the water um, is a power that exceeds even the fearful powers that they felt that they were up against. Um, uh, Dante describes it like a tornado um, that just storms through everything, rips everything in its path, turns everything, as it were, um, into to, to, um, to matchwood. Um, uh, they see the souls in the sticks fleeing, if they possibly can, before its path, disappearing like frogs into a pond, trying to get to a place of stillness um, beneath. Um, if you like, you know, the kind of um, the horror, the consuming muck and filth of the, better, the, bo the bottom of the, of the river sticks um, is preferable to them. Uh, than this sort of power that's unleashed and with what's approaching. Um, they see that it's an angel. Um, commentators have asked who the angel might be. Um, it's kind of a cross, I think, between Michael, um, the archangel, and Mercury, um, the old um, god uh, messenger from um, Zeus. Um, Michael's carrying a wand in Dante's story rather than a sword. Um, and so that sort of suggests a nice sort of crossover mixing here. I'm encouraging us um, to be in a kind of transitional place, not just to fall back um, into, oh, it's all right, an angel um, can, will save us, um, but uh, to keep wandering quite what we're witnessing, what's being seen here. Um, and sure enough, this, this enormous power, the first time they've been exposed directly to divine power um, in the Divine Comedy, um, they bow their heads. Virgil says, bow your head. They bow their heads before it. And with kind of mild irritation, um, the angel crosses the sticks. Dante says he sees the angel just once or twice sort of brushing um, uh, the foul air from before its face. 
Um, it touches the gates of disc with its wands that, of course, immediately fall open. The angel addresses the fallen, um, you know, presumably previous compatriots and says, you idiots, to think that the divine will could be thwarted still, even though you're in this place and have known all that's happened. Um, and then about turns and sort of disappears um, almost as quickly um, as um, it had appeared. Doesn't even say hello to Dante and Virgil. And kind of leaves us um, with this extraordinary mixture of bemusement at what we've witnessed, um, you know, like a kind of a miracle squared, um, but also a profound sense of awe um, that something tremendous has happened that we just can't really grasp. Um, but nonetheless, it makes the way for Virgil and Dante, um, who enter through the gates of Dis. And the canto ends with the beginnings of Dante's sight restored, returned, and he can see clearly now, and he says he sees a sort of countryside of ugly anguish and pain, and they begin to discern a kind of patchwork of, um, of, uh, of tombs with the stones half open, burning more hotly than an iron furnace. Um, Virgil says that um, these are where the heretics lie, um, we're going to meet them properly um, in the next canto and try and understand something of why they're here, what, um, as it were, about the state of their souls has brought them to this point. Um, but the cantos eight and nine leave us sort of wondering what's happened. Um, you know, the, the way that um, the story's been told to us, with Dante addressing us directly, with the pattern of a new circle of hell in a new canto being uh, cut across, um, the gaps between cantos leaving us in these profound states of uncertainty about what's going to happen next. Um, it, it raises the question of what um, Dante has undergone here. Um, I think you can start by noticing that um, he'd remained conscious throughout. You know, he hasn't swooned. Um, he hasn't actually even wept. But even in his deepest fear, um, he's remained alert to it. He has sort of remained aware of it to some degree. So this suggests that although it's been terrifying, um, he is actually in a very, very different state of mind um, than he was in the earlier rounds of hell. He's able to keep on looking more or less. Um, in so doing, um, he begins to see a deeper evil um, and uh, he's seeing more and more into reality in his descent uh, into the dark side of reality. So that's important. And of course, that is the journey that's going to be unfolding now. He needs to understand um, even these greater um, evils, this, these greater uh, propensities for human destruction and cosmic um, uh, fallenness. Um, he needs to see that. So that's part of what this kind of initiation before this, this experience, which has sort of broken uh, what he presumed he was getting uh, under his belt. Um, it's, it's kind of smashed through that, but he's, he, he realises now perhaps that he, it's going to enable him actually to see something more profoundly, something more deeply, you know, as initiation rites do, as, say, a therapy can that leads you through this period where you don't know what's going to happen next. You feel you can't turn back, but you don't trust what's going forward. Um, when you've come on the other, come through onto the other side of that experience, it sort of embraces you and gets you ready to see something further, something more. And you just get a bit of a hint um, 
as they pass through the gates of Dis, that whilst it's the angel's power that has enabled them to enter, now unopposed, having been so opposed before, there's just this bit of a sense that Dante's a bit bigger, as it were, his soul is a bit expanded. Um, and I think that this is beginning to indicate that he has found it's not just an intervention from without, although it definitely was an intervention from without with the appearance of the angel, um, but that it's also something that's awakened within him as well. He has grown a little bit more um, through this uh, kind of step change um, in his descent. Um, I think it's partly saying um, that we human beings can't sort of bootstrap ourselves out of the profound difficulties of life. We can get so far with our thinking, with our understanding, with our grappling, um, but we must reach a point where that collapses, that can't take us any further. And in that collapse, um, surfaces um, deeper but also more powerful aspects of reality, which strangely we're able, in fact, to connect with too, when we let go to some degree, often through fear and terror, um, of what we thought was our own power to command. Um, you know, this is a, a really important message, I think, now, as it was um, in Dante's time. Remember, you know, Virgil tends to stand for um, the older ways where um, the human soul strove to reach to the gods, um, as happened in the ancient Greek and Roman worlds, um, as it were, the hero by um, uh, his own might, his own bootstrapping, could, in, could impress the gods enough to be turned into a hero and so find some kind of immortality. That has been crushed out of Virgil now. Remember, you know, he says, I did this journey once before. I thought I could do it again. Um, so we can't bootstrap ourselves out um, now either, I think. You know, there's a, in um, the 21st century, following the 20th century, which of course included the announcement by Nietzsche of the death of God, um, it's left many people of really good will, in fact, now, wondering whether human beings can find their own way out of the great trials, not only of their individual lives, but also of the meaning crisis which surrounds us. You know, can cognitive te technologies can help us? Can psychotherapy um, do all the work that's required? Um, other options, you know, can medication, can public policy, whatever it might be, can we save ourselves? Again, sort of raising this question, is God sovereign, in brackets, if God isn't sovereign, can we deal with these problems ourselves? Um, and what Dante, I think, is underlining is that there comes a point where we can't, in fact, um, but that through the terror, through the descent, through the seeming tragedy and collapse, is still the hope that a deeper sense of reality will come through. Um, they experience it with the angel um, at this point in hell. Um, and the sense is that... Um, uh, we human beings too now might um, still, even at this kind of 11th hour, be able to tap into um, this deeper divine power um, that was there all along, um, but that we have got so shut off from that we even lose the capacity to ask for it, though um, that happens uh, through a kind of breakdown. You see this um, in other um, spiritual traditions as well. Um, if you know the Bhagavad Gita, you'll know that it too begins with an enormous kind of spiritual crisis for Arjuna, um, who is facing this terrible battle. Um, and it's only through his um, breakdown that Krishna appears and gradually teaches him that there's a whole other aspect to reality. 
um, that in fact he can awaken to, which will enable him to go through the crisis, to continue um, the set the descent of the battle itself, which is the story of the Bhagavad Gita. Um, I think you see it, say, in Tibetan Buddhism with myths like that of Chenrezig. Um, if you know that story, you'll know that Chenrezig is the Bodhisattva who comes to earth um, to spread love and compassion, to ease suffering, um, but reaches a point where it seems like the suffering's too much um, and so gets shattered into a million pieces. Um, but then, after the shattering, reforms, re-comes back together and somehow being by being able to embrace the suffering in an even greater way becomes the greater um, sort of divine presence of Chenrezi um, that is still here on earth. Um, in the Christian story um, it might well remind you of um, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, the figure who had seemed like God in the Gospels. Um, the disciples through the transfiguration and so on, seem to have recognised as much. And then he reaches this point where that recognition itself um, isn't um, great enough to take him through the cross. And so he undergoes the experience himself in the Garden of Gethsemane where everything must be doubted. So that on the cross, uh, Jesus even says, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But it's that breaking which um, breaks onto a deeper reality. And the divine uh, can uh, flood back in, you might say, like the angel moving across the sticks in all this awesome power. Um, this, I think, is something like the point that Dante has reached and enables him to continue on his journey through hell to deepen the descent once more. Because he's got to embrace this greater reality still, which is going to take him further and further down.